what Penrith have done, but they did it three, four years ago. Um, yeah, and they and, actually and won under-17s, yeah, under-20s. And, yeah, all came through yeah. the juniors together. So they're just like coming out, they're just dominating. So, yeah. yeah. Welcome to NRL Chat on Friday nights. Maddie, have you fallen asleep? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Great people. Shout out to Bob Manor. I'm sure he's... <laughs> Jumping I, in amongst I heard Rabbitohs and that was about it. A big shout out to Bobby. He's a good Broncos fan too. So I've got him. Got him, guys. I don't know how yeah. that happened. Neither do I. I didn't even know it was in the process of happening. I just found it after <laughs> the fact. And I'm like, thank you. Well, I mean, Reese and I were talking about the Raiders enough. Yeah, I know. You, thought that would, you would have thought that would have been a given. I mean, Bobby's not even from Denver. So mm. that would be an excuse to go mm. for the Broncos. Mm. Denver Broncos. <laughs> oh, man. Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Get into Gate. This is episode 197, talking Stargate Atlantis. And it is a very special week, Stargate itself, the TV show at least, celebrating 25 years and here to celebrate that and to talk some SGA. It's it's a it's, it's a weird mix, but we're here. My name's Mitch, joining me, Maddie and Brendan. What's up, boys? Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. And potentially special comments, uh, Brennan's uh, soon-to-be 11-year-old daughter, Bella, is uh, is in the corner just to... Hi. Probably That's cleaner than bad. anything Reese and Jaws have added in for special comments along the <laughs> mm. way. But, you know, who knows? She is a Gibson, so that potty mouth's got to mature yeah, eventually. Yeah, that apple won't fall far from the tree. <laughs> Mate, no, look at her. We're, talk- her. we're talking to her now. She's wearing a rugby league jersey, okay? That apple <laughs> hasn't fallen from the tree. <laughs> the token rabbit <laughs> Every crown. It's in a blood. Uh, yeah, we're here to talk about duets, uh, or as I've been calling it whenever I've talked to you guys uh, since our last chat, the second Jason Momoa episode. Uh, oh, I didn't really yeah. give two shits about what it was actually <laughs> titled. Yeah, do it with do it. Um, so here we are. We'll get straight into it. Or, and, uh, hey, as look, I if- like to call it, holiday slash lifeboat 2.0. <laughs> oh, see, I, I call it lifeboat. Because it's, oh, it's lifeboat, just it's a, just light. Don't mind that. Don't mind yes. that either. It's a lifeboat well, holiday. It is a real mix-up <laughs> too. I mean, we're repeating some stuff, but we're also bringing back old talents. So we've got uh, Peter Deloise directing, but we've got Martin Giro writing, uh, and you know gold ensues or does it we'll have a look to the synopsis we go after being rescued from a wraith dart during a sudden attack dr mckay a new team member that we've never seen before lieutenant laura cadman are trapped inside the transport equipment when the dart crashes dr zelenka's attempt to materialize mckay is successful but that's with a capital b mckay finds he has an unexpected guest inside his own body Cadman's consciousness has been extracted with him and is inside his head. Say it ain't so. The um, go. that's hot. The yeah. original, the original title of this episode, while it was being written, was "All of McKay," hmm. in reference to "All of Me," the Steve Martin Lily Tomlin episode uh, movie that basically runs the same premise. Yeah, right. Oh, I've okay. never seen that. Was the scene that no one's ever seen. Inspiration. <laughs> I'm not. I'll, I'll put it on the list. Um, it's uh, hey, look, I ticked one off the other week. Right. Oh my god! Drum Maddie, roll, everybody. Maddie knows this. It's not. It, it's got nothing to do with Stargate. But I finally watched 
Galaxy Quest. Hey, hey. I did Why? it. And and much like um, nice. much like much like the final episode of Obi Wan, Sarah had about five minutes in her, and then she was like, oh, "I'm going to bed." Yeah, yeah. Basically, that was it. She's uh, she's like, "Oh, okay." Um, yeah, you probably should have seen it few decades ago yeah well mm. you know i went into it though going okay this is from this era and it's you know spoofing this but also a mon- i you know i i think yeah. i appreciated it for for what it was um i mean sarah know, I sarah was into it while it was you know out of work actors bickering with each other but when they went to actual outer space she was like oh i came out yeah i'm like at what point did you not know this was a space show spoof mm. That involved them actually be like I felt like. How do that you know, was, Maddie? Were you webcam? That was in, <laughs> hiding in the bushes. Maddie, Maddie drove Wait. over and he's like, "You will watch this. I'm sick of telling you to watch it. You yeah. will watch it." You did I not held them all. At- was looking into the through the land room. I held. I held the them all at gunpoint. I got those um those clockwork orange things that hold people's eyeballs open. Yeah, my kids yeah. were scared shitless, to be honest. This like strange man walks in, gave them some toys to play with, and just started like torturing their parents. It was really yeah. weird. Um, but uh, I mean, in the end, it was quite enjoyable. So uh, yeah, finally done a Galaxy Quest. So yeah, all right, Momoa 2.0. And I, I, I remember asking that to you guys. And you're like, well, like he's, yeah, he's there, but he's really just sort of, you know, training. And, uh, and you know, it's not so much about him, but you guys actually didn't give any indication about what it was about. So um, to be a, uh, mm. a, a complete McKay thing, and, you know, we've, we've said since the beginning of covering SGA that, you know, you hate him in SG1 because he's supposed to be hateable, but you kind of love him for being that, whereas you actually turn that into a bit of a love throughout SGA for the same reasons that you hated him in SG1. But... Um, this episode just allowed him to show, um, not so much McKay, but uh, Dave Hewlett to show off a whole different range of what he's doing. And there was this, those great scenes where this sort of story, you know, this sort of concept demands where you get someone playing two different personalities in the same body, in the same scene without any cuts. And I thought, obviously he's having a lot of fun, but I thought he fucking <laughs> nailed it. Like I really enjoyed those scenes. Yeah, and especially like that scene right after the dating, the date scene. Yes, yes. Uh, where he's in the hallway and he's yep. struggling. I was like, so you could easily overdo this. Yes. And I thought but, there was a worry was about waiting that for start. him to do it. Yeah. But he didn't, he did a really good job. There was, a, I think there was a worry about that for me at the start where he first walked into the room with um, uh, Beckett and was, you know, the, the hand, you know, backwards on the hips. I was like, hi, yeah, just like lovely to see you. And it was like really played up that he was a woman. But I think, okay, maybe do you need that to really tell the dumb audience, anyone that's out there going, hey, he's a different person right now, okay? Because after that, it was really calmed down. And there were more than enough moments where you'd have other characters around them going, okay, who, who are we talking to? And I never got yeah. over any of the other characters having to ask the other other characters or even almost the audience, who are we listening to now? Because that would make sense. That would be what you do in those situations. So even though you got to squeeze it all into 40 minutes or whatever, I didn't feel like that was, um, that was too overdone. And but, that, um, that's why I liken this to holiday in life, but because it's yeah. only kind of Michael Shanks who could do that as well as, as David Hewlett in this episode, yeah. because it's like they give these episodes to the guys who have just have the best acting chops in the mm. cast. That's mm. how I feel anyway. And it's, yeah, for sure. And Daniel had two. Uh, sorry, Shanksy's had two of them at least. And now it's nice to get McKay, let McKay have one of these as well. Yeah, yeah. 
He did was, so well. Even in the Gollum, the Gollum like scene with the yeah. um, therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I did. Yeah, he I, played I it really well. Yeah, no, I liked it. It was like, yeah, like you said before, it's based off, you know, the title, they almost named it because it's based off this, but there's a whole bunch of different movies and TV shows and episodes of series that do this sort of concept and have fun with this idea. But um, yeah, I didn't feel like anything was overdone in this. It was like, oh, cool. Like, this is just McKay doing it. And like, we've, like you said, we've already seen it in this franchise alone. But um, yeah, no, yeah, it's I... Um, it's a fun... I what, dug it, yeah. I always enjoyed those, those out-of-body swapping... Mm. Yeah, it takes me back to um, Inner Space as well. Martin Short and um, was it Dennis Quaid? Randy Quaid? No, I'm pretty sure it's Dennis Quaid. Where Martin Short Martin Short was actually shrunk down. He's no, sorry, Dennis Quaid is is like a pilot. Oh yeah, shrunk down in in like a tiny little submarine and injected into Martin Short, and then they're like talking to each other and stuff. That's pretty good. I love that. Yeah, and he he shot the thing into the back of his eye so he could have cameras, so he could see and yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a and good it got thing. a little bit weird because he went inside his wife's uterus there for a bit. <laughs> but anyway, it yeah. was the nineties. It, it was the eighties. So it was even looser. Yeah. There you go. Even the eighties. Don't say yeah, looser I... after we've mentioned uterus. Um, I mean... Star... You always do this, Matty. <laughs> Stargate reference. Um, Robert Picardo was in that. Woolsey. Woolsey. Woolsey's in inner space as a oh, cowboy, man. a cowboy mercenary. <laughs> that's funny speaks with like a like a thick i want to say like spanish accent maybe mm. dressed as a cowboy yeah i liked um how this episode started because there was something before again i didn't know i didn't read the synopsis or anything and obviously they don't have the title sequence uh, in the um in the pre-credits so i didn't know what it was called anything nothing about it and i'm watching the different teams walk around this very familiar looking planet and i couldn't help but notice the team that was mckay it was beckett and then one unknown military personnel mm. whereas like there was had a few lines as well yeah yeah and, but there was like shepherd and two other military personnel and then you had um taylor and two other uh earth military personnel and then you've got the team with a doctor, a scientist, and then someone new, arguably ready to die for the sake of the story because we've never seen them before. And so when all of a sudden darts start coming along, I'm like, well, obviously the team that is so unprepared and not mm. trained for this. I mean, okay, they're all trained, but like if you're going to put anyone in a fight like this, you're going to put all the other military people we've just seen. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't sort of evenly spread out the military personnel within that team or at least spread out the doctors. But anyway, uh, of course they were going to um, go down. That was a cool scene because it was probably the, uh, it was weird when they first explained the idea of, Hey, they're storing data. You know, uh, the people are being stored in this, in this system in the dart. And I'm like, Oh, I've never, like, of course, that's what it is. Like, otherwise, what is teleporting people? Like, you sort of, you are picking them up and, you know, like a wormhole, you know, it's like a Stargate is like, it gets come the end of the episode when they figured out things. You are essentially pulling them into little bits of information and sending it somewhere else. But yeah, I guess we've, because we've seen, we've seen a data in operation for the last year and we've seen them scooping people up. But I remember the first time I watched this episode, until you get to this point, you don't actually really think about Oh, how do they get the people out? Once mm. the dart goes where it needs to go, how do they get the people back out again? Yeah. And I so, think yeah, I've always I like thought about it. Gets into that. Yeah. I think I thought about it as being more of an instantaneous sort of thing. Like they get 
teleported almost straight away, whether to like a nearby hive ship or, mm. I mean, the dart, we get an idea that they're a very small ship. They can fit through the wormhole of the Stargate very easily, but you know, who's to say that they don't have like, I mean, they've got a, a maybe a deeper hull that you can't fit like, you know, six or seven bodies um, sort of on top of each other or something. I have, I've have, I never really thought oh, about that it. would be morbid. Wouldn't it just scooping people up, rematerializing them one on top of each other like they're yeah. just slabs of beef while they're still yeah. alive i could wrap them up like little sausages yes. and put them all together but like i think because what yeah. in, the, in the pilot we saw people getting sucked up by the darts and then we saw where they were being locked up or whatever like afterwards right and so i just naturally thought well that's where they were put almost immediately so the idea that and again we saw it in the tilk episode yeah when he was locked within the stargate um in the in the memory that they are stored it is information that is being stored but there's something about that that i'm like oh i've never thought about that before Mm. so that dumb audience that i referred to before (laughs) little old me over here so um yeah because i like the the little i feel like it's something only like a a martin wood or a peter della willies would do there was that nice little touch at the end when cadman is rematerialized they put her in that same position of, of when she was grabbed, like when she was pulled up on the planet yeah, yeah, yeah. or her like pushing the K out of the way or whatever, mm. or Beckett out of the way. I'm like, that's a really nice detail that you don't need to put in, but just as an audience subconsciously kind of helps you. Yeah. Sort of through that. And yeah, it was, it was, it's funny to have only just introduced Cadman and then make her such a focal point of the episode. Like, Mm. We've got no grounds to to like her enough for that to happen, but we've also got no reason to hate her yet. So her being this sort of annoying voice that can pop in unexpectedly, especially for an audience member, it runs a real risk that they're going to overplay her involvement and overplay it. Mm. Cause she didn't seem like an annoying character. She's walking around as a military personnel. She's having fun with these doctors, but she can, she's not having to refer to them by rank or anything. They're not like, they're not her superiors or anything. Um, they might hold it, you know, in the hierarchy of Atlantis, but like as far as a military personnel, so she can be a little bit more relaxed with them. And she was doing that. And then all of a sudden she's in his head and she's like, you know, McKay, McKay, Dr. McKay, Dr. And I'm like, shut up. Don't make me hate you because we're supposed to want to be saving your life for the rest of this episode. (laughs) And Mm. you're very quickly going to make me not give a shit about that. But, um, you know, then she turned into someone that was wanting to be very helpful. And then like Brendan said with the, um, the date situation. And I know it was a couple of years after this movie, but you refer to the, the Steve Martin one, but it was a couple of years after what women want. And this is also almost a what women want, but with a woman in there telling, you know, uh, him what and being on that date and helping out and then taking control of the body. So even though they were in the middle of trying to solve this problem and 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 fix two lives, really, mm. um, they still found time to go on a date. And I'm like, oh, would they really like would McKay do? I know he'd just been conveniently kicked out of the of the of the you know problem solving room with Zelenka going, I've got this, which I don't think in any other episode with any other problem that McKay was even slightly involved with, he would be okay with. But um, you know, I guess it makes sense for this story and it allows them to go on and have a date, you know, in yeah. between it happening and solving the problem. But they have a lot of fun with that with that date scene. So I was very happy to. Um, yeah. It was the- it was a really nice way to like introduce some fresh blood. Like you'd think, given that literally in the last episode we got rid of one of the main cast members, put a brand new you know toy in the toy box in the form of Ronan Dex. But it's like he gets relegated to like the B plot of mm. him just kind of learning the ropes on Atlantis. You would almost 
like I guess it shows what a bad writer I would be because it's like if I was in this episode, it's like I would be inclined to like maybe put one of our main characters into another one of our main characters mm. and sort of like imagine like McKay's got Shepard in him as well like or something like that but it is cool the way it's like okay we'll just get a completely random character I guess in the same way as as Michello, but it's like not an adversary it's someone we know it's a friend so it's like you mm. can do like that date scene and and play around with it and just sort of add a few more crayons into the into the coloring box rather than just sort of those same characters we've been um getting to know like over the last season are you saying that elizabeth is too one-dimensional to be no i'm 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 saying i'm saying no one but tori higginson can play elizabeth we are adequately yeah sure so is that yeah yeah it's already been two (laughs) who knows yeah, see, they had that. They had that first weir, and they went, "Oh no, nah, God, we can't have that for seasons and seasons." Let's uh, let's get someone better, and you know, landed on. Thought so, buddy. <laughs> I know it was all played for fun, but I wonder whether, even in the context, of this like, we always joke about, you know, like how PC, you know, some stuff is today, and it wouldn't pass through the uh, the screen test and all that sort of thing. The idea of a man's body forcing a kiss onto a woman at the end of that date even though it was actually a woman inside his mind that made him do it. I'm like, oh, I don't think that would even Mate, be okay today. Like, you couldn't- McKay, <laughs> McKay woke up naked in his bed. 100% Cadman took over that body, went back to Herb house, her, her, her room, flogged the shit out of McKay's <laughs> c- while thinking about Beckett oh, and then wow. passed out in the puddle. You know what? We I didn't even think about McKay woke up naked in her quarters after Look she just done been with Beckett. Yeah, yep, he's here. <laughs> he's arrived. One hundred percent. McKay woke up in a wet spot over Beckett. Yeah. Oh man, why am I here? Because your bed's wet, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just sending the cleaning crew in there. Tell them to take the morning off. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah. imagine like we get you know, just completely out of context with the with its episode in like two, three seasons time where you just get McKay having some kind of memory because like he's mm. all of a sudden his brain's remembering something that his consciousness didn't do. But of course his body did. So his eyes, blah, blah, blah. And he just has a memory of him doing that to Beckett and him just being yeah. like, like all of a sudden he's confused about his own orientation. Like, you what does this mean? Making Beck Beckett's bed wet too. Well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, and you couldn't flip that. Imagine, imagine we are waking up in Shepherd's bed, just bleeding knuckles over, <laughs> you know, over Taylor. Um, just not, you know. Yeah, that wouldn't fly. ZPM. That wouldn't fly. Yeah. <laughs> she that that's she'd be violated right there. V slash ZPM, obviously, is what yeah. I meant to say, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a first timer, I will say how I feel, but I really want to know what you guys think overall because we're saying you know some really enjoyable stuff about it. But um, did you like it? Because I think I think I like yeah I think I did obviously, and I I know that because I'm looking at my notes now. 
And the last one I have, I'm like, that doesn't seem like it was the end of the episode. And I think that might have been before she took over his body and went and fell asleep naked in his bed for the first time. That was, what, halfway through. So I think I really enjoyed the episode because I stopped remembering to make notes about it. Whereas I think mm. if I really didn't like it, I'd just be tap, 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 tap away, tap away. Um, so I think uh, I liked it. I'm hesitant to say that because of who wrote it and you guys know his history and for me, his future. So um, yeah, how, uh, how do you guys feel? Like we've said stuff that we've enjoyed about it, but you, do you like it? <laughs> Am I alone in this? I do. I, I like, I really yeah. enjoy it. It's this a, around... it's a fan favorite. Mm. Yeah. Good. Oh, can we? For say me, that? this is around Jeez. the time where I. Yeah, started. I'm still a bit sensitive about that term. Uh, <laughs> no, you, you're only in trouble if you say it's not a fan favorite. Okay, good. You can say it is a fan favorite. Oh, good, easy. But yeah, good. like IMDb, it's the fourth highest rated um, episode Hello? of this season. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, people people love it. It, it definitely does help um, with the McKay love. You know, people who were a bit iffy about McKay. I think because of um, David Hewlett's performance in this, they're just like, okay, all right, yeah. I can get on board with this. This is fun. Yeah. This is about the time where I started to enjoy Atlantis more than the concurrent SG-1. Yeah, right. Because I've always mm. loved season one to seven and eight, obviously. Mm. But this is where I thought, oh, this is, we can really take off here. A, because Atlantis is such a cool city in the technology, but also something new for these characters whereas the sg1 storylines feel a bit stale like how we we spoke about last episode um yeah. recycling but even though this is we've kind of referenced lifeboat holiday a few other ones this still seems fresh because it's a mm. new new crew and it's a, obviously a different storyline yeah but um, and undoubtedly no, like adding ronan to atlantis was a much bigger success than adding Vala to SG one. You know, Vala yes. is very lover or hater. Whereas I'm, I can't think of anyone ever, any Stargate fan I know saying, oh, I hate it when Ronan joined. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, it was almost like you knew what the winning equation was. These kind of three Earthlings with a female, and then you have your guy who's just a beast. Mm. Yeah, yeah, which it, they they he has they, to be an alien. They tried to do that with with Taylor in that first episode, and for some reason they pumped the brakes on it. And I yeah. don't know, they were afraid to make her the tilk of the of the show. She suddenly couldn't be this the stoic muscle. Mm. Like I don't yeah, know I don't why. why not. I, yeah, I don't know why she couldn't. Like you know, they did the you know, and again in this episode we see it as well. Some of the cool um, stick fighting that she does, and it's like you know they could have they could have amped that up uh, during that Especially first season, whole... but wraith dna thing they could be mm. like oh she's as strong as a wraith yeah well i mean that first that first episode that cool shot where her and shepherd start running and it's like there's that cool um sort of whip pan moment and sort of shepherd looks and taylor's just gone like she just yeah. ran like she was like he-man running so yeah it was it was a weird um weird thing but yeah ronan definitely does sort of come in and bring that that tilk energy but in a physicality way, but I feel like Tilk's personality is still more like Taylor. Like Taylor is very calm and centered and in control. Whereas Ronan is more of a loose cannon as we get to know him. Like he doesn't have that control yeah. that Tilk has. That's true. Um, 
So yeah, it is. It is a little more. And you'll, yeah, because I don't be... think if they swap places, I don't think Ronan makes SG one. You know, because he's such a loose cannon. Mm. Whereas SGA yeah, is I a think looser, you're right. the looser series in in every in every way in every facet. So I think it it suits SGA in yeah. a way. Yeah, you wouldn't have no way right. Hammond's copying this. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. I was I was very interested to see that line when uh, when Shepard went up to, um, oh God, why? Well, well, this is not going to help Brennan. Why am I forgetting a name? What's the weir jesus christ um, oh elizabeth <laughs> when he went up to weir and he's like yo that guy you know the guy we just met who actually kidnapped me and uh almost killed <clears throat> anyway i want him on my team um i've seen him fight with a stick he was sick um so definitely need that so yeah you know the you know those aliens that like fly down with those ships that can get through the gate and they can zap people up and they like suck the life force out of us and what they want and that scares me they got that uh they got that blast weapon and stuff like they've got so many anyway if he if you give him a piece of wood whoo man those guys don't stand a uh don't stand a chance i need him on my team uh even if it means we Mm. kick someone off so uh and she was like and I'm like, oh, obviously she's going to say no. And then the next episode, she'll say yes. Or by the end of the episode, and she's like, he's your responsibility. And I'm like, oh, that is so reckless, We are. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Hammond would definitely not do that. He would just say yeah. no, and he'd get angry at you for asking and then like either get up and point his finger to the door or he would storm off himself. Like, we're just like, uh, I mean, like, yeah, I wouldn't have him in my house, but I mean, I'm in a hotel right now. You can break whatever shit you want. I'm, I'm you know, someone that's else will fix this. That's because he's got that mojo. Like, um, there was like basically the, they were saying in the audio commentary, it's like Jason Momoa and um, Rachel Luttrell, like when they're doing their scenes, they're like, wow, there's a lot of sexual tension here. And then like Ronan goes and does his scene with Weir, and they're like, wow, there's a lot of sexual tension here. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, Ronan with Shepard and it's like there's even a little bit of sexual tension here like just their gunplay alone um, so, like, so I feel like there's that moment when when Weir has her moment with Ronan she's just like okay all right I'll yeah. keep him around okay we'll see the yeah. the, t- the Taylor choked. scene like and there was <laughs> there was some there was actually like moments of of single shots right where there would be some like great stick fighting choreography, like five, six, seven hits, and before they'd cut. And I'm like, more of that. And then they do like two cut, uh, one hit cut. And I was like, no, stop born identitying this, you know, not identity, it was actually supremacy onwards, but that's getting nerdy. But um, don't do more of that. But the, the Taylor thing, <laughs> I was like, it was more of a mutual thing. I didn't really think about it. Like I could see why people would think that. But then the mm. weird scene where she's like, I'm going to talk to him first, and then goes up and is like, hey. And he's like, hmm. Yeah. And she's like, look, you know, you're causing some trouble. He's like, yep. And she's like, I just don't think you're good enough for the team. Okay. Yeah. And then she's looking at him. He's looking at her. She's looking at him. He's looking at her. If any other movie, immediate cut and they're in bed already, like passionately, yeah, right? Absolutely. And I'm like, I could see that happening. And then yeah. like the scene just sort of cut and later, she's like, look, he'll be your responsibility. And I'm like, okay, what did happen though? Like, obviously yeah. that didn't happen, but did she go away and have her like, you know, third last episode of season one all over again? Um, you know, uh, when she had a thousand years by herself, like, is that oh, what happened? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But- you could look by the way she looked at him. She was like, 
he could definitely plunge me like a toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah. There's no. Yeah. But it's that's like, how, that's what guys, she was everyone's guys, like that. Go. Like what Miss just said there, like, okay. Plush. So, the, so the, the scene with <laughs> the scene with Ronan and Weir, you could cut to seeing them in bed. The scene, <laughs> the scene where Ronan and uh, Taylor are fighting and he like chokes her and like pushes her out till she's like off her mm. feet. You could cut to them in bed straight after that. Mm. The scene where Shepard and Ronan are like doing their their, oh, their gun stuff, and then like he's teaching him how to use the P90, and then Ronan just pulls out his blaster, blast that that it's such a good shot where he yeah. blasts the hole in the paper, and then you just see like Shepard's head <laughs> clear frango. Yeah, that'll do. That could have <laughs> oh, cut to those two in bed. We like could do a supercut. Yeah, every one of those. McKay naked and yeah, all of this. That, that could that could be. You'd see like there's a scene of Ronan just like leaving the room and then the camera pans in and it's McKay. Oh my god, where am I? Or or you you don't show before, but you have him waking up nude and then he's like, What just happened? And then we tile a dirt in it and just like quick frames of <laughs> of Ronan there. Um yeah, well that's a oh, that's a challenge. I mean, I don't know how we do that. How do we deep fake that? But that's yes. um you're right. There's so much tension. Yeah, it. it's it's just straight up. It's Momoa. And Actually, also, you were, you were talking about the um the the fight choreography. Oh. Most of that was Jason Momoa because mm. this is back when Momoa was a nobody. They couldn't double him. They didn't have a stunt double or a or a fight double mm. that could match his body frame. So he'd just have to do a lot of that stuff himself. Mm. So most most of that fight choreography is him. He's yeah, fairly and- athletic. Yes, mm. he is. Just a, a bit. No, and it, and it, like it does look good. Yeah, you, I guess you, like you, being able to tell that it's him. That's why you can hold on those wide shots and yeah, and see the two of them. Um, I, yeah, going. Although that scene, there's one thing that takes me out of that scene every time. And once you notice it, it's ruined it forever. It's Taylor's shoes. The little she's wearing these little weird Athosian booties. Nikes and what like little clogs? elf boots or something? Little little sockets or something. Uh, it just. They take they take all her power, all her power away. They just, (laughs) just like no, um, just no. I did write a Tilk Ronan comparison list. Uh Oh, Oh, nice. Hear this one, yeah. And it was it was it's all obvious stuff. Nothing's us. Number one eats a lot. Mm. Put a marker in that. I want to come back to that. Tilk's got better manners though. A little bit. Yeah, he's heard him before. He he Mm. takes his time. Number two, he's but Roden hasn't eaten for seven years or whatever. That's true. True. Number two, well, doesn't talk anyway. doesn't talk in long long sentences. Yeah, mon- yeah. monosyllabic. About it. Yeah. Ironically, um, monosyllabic is a very lot like there's a lot of syllables in that word. There is. It's interesting. Uh, Number three, fight slash slash spars good. Mm-hmm. Boxing. Benjikozars. Benjikozars tilk. Number four, hopes the general will allow them to join the team slash we mm. that's all i've got but also yeah. well i mean for early days massive plunges <laughs> from the plumbing store as well yeah also but couldn't couldn't be more opposite in the the amount of hair each of them has yeah. you that's know true. couldn't be more opposite what are you there. saying tilk's a big fan of manscape well he's got a shaved head mate <laughs> Shaved head versus dreadlocks. There's there's no there's no Venn there's no Venn diagram yeah. of shaved head versus dreadlocks 
except for that alternate reality teal from there before the grace of God, where he just yeah. had those dreadlocks coming out the back of his head. That was awesome. Yeah. You mentioned him eating a lot. I love that scene. Like it was obviously the first. What is this cloud thing you have on my plate? That's mashed potato. It's amazing. <laughs> I, do, I do love your shepherd. It's so good. <laughs> um, him just stuffing himself with food. Like, great. Just like fingers, you know, like the tiniest bit of food, the biggest chunk of food. Doesn't matter. Finger, yeah. finger, finger, finger. And then I just love the sight gag of because you've got um, shepherd in the foreground. And you see Momoa's hand sort of disappear behind Shepard and then just drag a previously unseen giant jug of water and he just starts sculling. <laughs> yeah, this, the, like, the whole four picture. Liter jug. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, he it Isn't wasn't that hot extremely. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but just like him just like the stuffing pill. was enough, but like that was a point and they were talking about it or they were going to talk about it. The, the idea that he breaks up that by just drinking a bucket of water. And I just, something about that, I just thought <laughs> I do hilarious. I do, I do that at restaurants, but I'm one shy of drinking from the pitcher. Like, you know how you go to restaurants now and a lot of places you can just like order via a QR code. You can just like, yeah. there's like a QR code mm, stuck on the table. The weekend. Mm. Yeah. So I've gone to this year, I've gone to doing that. And because I don't really drink a lot, I'll just order like my drink water. But then I normally just have like a glass of lemonade or something like that after I've had a shot. So I'll just order an entire pitcher of lemonade just for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way I don't have to keep getting up and going back, going back, going back. But it's it's the one thing I'm too afraid to do is just like, just drink straight from the pitcher. I'm just like, no, okay, I'll, I'll put it into a glass like a- Do it once though. You should like do it once. Civilized, I would love to just just. Are you trying to say junk? Because you're saying pitcher. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Traditionally, I believe pitches are clear, jugs are not. <laughs> no, mate, that's American. Okay, so is this is this a jug or is this a picture? That's I don't know what that that's is. A, that's a Stein. I want to say almost. Yeah, that's a Stein. If you put, Stein. well, it depends. If you put beer in that, it's a Stein. Oh. If it's just got water, I don't know what that becomes. I really, mm. yeah. Mm. Jeez, Brennan's so hung up on all these terminologies. Jesus. <laughs> Hey, we're, PM. We're Why you got to label everything, mate? I mean, it's holding fluid. Just let yeah, it be labels fluid. Labels keep us normal, don't they? It's holding fluid. Let it be fluid. Let it be. Just let it be, mate. Fluid. I like it. <laughs> Liquid fluid. Listen yep. to this. You ready? Nah. This is the uh, segment that I like to call Translate This. Now we have <laughs> a... <laughs> That's we the have intro. a Zelenka Czech Republic one. As some of you may know, my wife's from the Czech Republic. Mm. So she's translated this little. Nice oh, I little... think I know what this one is because it was in the commentary. Oh, uh, I didn't see that. And he went on thing. for quite a while. What, what you mean? When oh, no, I think I'm. Walked... I think I'm thinking of the German lady, not the Czech. So this would be interesting. No, it was the same, like the bit where he muttered and he walked off back toward the yeah. um, dark thing. It was thing. quite long. It was really long. And I, I thought, banana, I... this is quite long. And she goes, oh. It's the first time she said that. Yeah. <laughs> His daughter is there, Matthew. His she daughter. Can't, she can't hear, can she? Look, she's <laughs> laughing though. So Brendan's wearing headphones. Can you? Are you telling me Bell's been able to hear this whole time? <laughs> I've been really cautious about what I'm saying, and it's. I think to I've the noticed, not noticed. Like I've lost my single entendres. I'm talking a lot of innuendos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you didn't answer my question. Can Bella hear us? She can't because you oh, got but... headphones on. Well, she didn't answer, did she? 
No, oh, there you go. So Mitch, it's fine. <laughs> Weir's knuckles bleeding earlier was fine. <laughs> yeah, look. Not for me. Some things go over their head. <laughs> when I said to my wife, oh, he's, you need to translate this. She says, oh, he's saying a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. So let's just start with that. So I don't know how good the translation is, but let's start with Zelenka saying this. Now, the good news is we were able to stabilize her life science signature. Now it's just a question of getting the machine online again. Great. How do we power it up? Oh, that's the bad news. The machine uses a very specialized transformer to convert raw power into highly stable, very specific stream of power. Now, the transformer is crucial in operating the machine safely, and uh, it's been damaged. Don't suppose there are any spares in the trunk? We're working on a reverse engineering one. Good. Let me know the second you have something. No, jo, tak jo, děcka, do toho jdeme, 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 musíme tohle dodělat, pojďte už, honem. All right, let's go, kids, let's do it, let's go, let's go, let's go, we have to finish this, hurry up. Yep. Mm. That's what he said. It's, um, it's assumed he was just swearing every time he spoke, but. <laughs> well, typically he disappointed. is. <laughs> Peter, Peter DeLuise is known for that, and apparently there was, people used to critique the showrunners or something, and they would say, Oh, why does why does that Czech guy just speak gibberish all the time? And they're like, no, no, he's he's ethnic Czech. Like he's speaking actual Czech. Hmm. He's not. He's not just... someone to speak American. Yeah, but the more <laughs> yeah, fun one is, I think maybe at the start of that scene, you see, I think it's like a blonde German lady or something like that, and she's like pulling the guts out of the um the dart. Oh yeah, and pulling stuff out. Peter Deloise specifically made her say in German, "It's like the birth of my nephew." it's weird that she would know that yeah yeah so um yeah no that's um classic peter deloise that's nice oh is it a deloise touch what i loved and it was my last note that i referred to and i think it was because he was on his way he walked into his quarters mckay and he was on his way to go and collapse onto his bed um, after the end of a very big day and as he put whatever he carried into his room at his desk or table or whatever he stopped and right behind him on the wall, he's got a picture of himself holding up a certificate of, you know, like, I don't know, his degree his or degrees, some shit, yeah. whatever. But like, not the degree, a picture of himself holding up nothing else. He's not his mother, not his sister, nothing. And yeah. I just thought that that would be McKay. He has to have a, he doesn't just, he can't see the certificate. He needs to see himself, the arrogant prick and a picture of himself holding up his achievements. And I just thought that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for including that. I don't know who does that. McKay, Deloise, maybe not Giro, whoever. That's just such a great, and we might not ever see that again. How many chances really are we going to get to be in McKay's uh, quarters? I have no idea, but just to have that. You know, if if you get a chance, listen to the commentary on the, on the physical media, because it's great because they, that was something that Peter DeLuise and I think um, uh, David Hewlett were very in on. Like there were some other Canadian little bits and pieces in in his quarters. But what they thought was quite funny is if you look, there's not really a lot of photo, like family photos and stuff like that. So it's like, because obviously now, like they've been back to earth. They've been able to get some of their personal items and bring them back and start decorating, you know, um, their places. more. And now that the Daedalus is going back and forward, and if you have a look, McKay's got like eight diplomas and degrees and stuff. And he's like got all those up on the wall. They can't, they made sure there's eight up there, <laughs> but not a not a single family. I don't know. There might be a photo of his cat that he talked about or something like that. Yeah, right. But um, but other than that, yeah, no, no photos, all very mm-hmm. McKay stuff. 
And the other thing I had written down, because you guys have mentioned it along the way, probably well before we got into SGA and we were comparing it to, you know, a Zat or whatever. And you said, oh, the, the Ronin gun, blaster, whatever, weapon. Yeah. That's great. That's going to work. Okay, whatever. And I, I felt like what, you know, it was cool the way that he would spin it and stuff last week. And it looks cool, him just holding it in, in his first episode. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. I get it. But yeah, it wasn't at all that training scene that you guys were talking about. And, you know, like he was great with a gun because of course he was. And he's great with a bigger gun. Of course he is. And then he pulls out his and just blasts a clean hole through it. And yeah. so I prefer this. And I'm like, oh, no, yeah. Okay, that that is a weapon that I can get behind. I would understand why. Okay, Till, great. The the, the Zat gun. Yeah, okay. I can see. Or his, his staff weapon. Yeah, I can see it. But it's just like a... It, it probably creates the damage that you expect it to based on its size, right? Yeah. Whereas the Ronin blaster doesn't look that big. So the fact that it can blow like a shotgun hole clean through something, okay, it was paper, but I'd like to see it hit a body. I'm like, yeah, okay, this is something that I can get behind. Like we've just seen him absolutely destroy the staff that he was training with. Like it wasn't just friendly banter, like, oh, I knocked you down. Like he was spear tackling people and and ramming his elbow onto their throat and chokeholding them. And then like almost immediately turning to one of their teammates going, he'll be fine. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Are you sure though? Because I think he's dead. Um, yeah. And one of those guys is actually, uh, fun fact: Rachel Luttrell's real life husband was one All of right. those stunt guys that he beat the shit out. One who, <laughs> one who got a line at the end about, oh, he was fine or whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's Rachel Luttrell's real life husband. Oh, honey, I have a great part for you on my TV show. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get your ass kicked by the hot guy Completely from Hawaii. Completely emasculated. <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, that was. You great know, to watch. there is a there is a great running gag with Ronan's gun through the series where it's everyone has it's definitely a penis metaphor because everyone has envy like whenever they see ronan's gun they're like mm. oh damn i want that yeah I, I want that for myself very much yeah we call yeah. it the red rocket <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll you'll get to see more of it Mitch. It's, it's very cool because it's got um uh different settings it's not just like a, a zat or a or a um uh staff weapon or anything like that there's like Here a stuff there's like a stun setting and a kill setting and <laughs> things like go. that. So yeah, they they set it to What's stun, it set it to stun, set it to stun, <laughs> Ronan. Oh, I wonder where I've heard that before. Hmm. But no, it is good. It's a little more multi-purpose. That's one. We all know they, that's one. Yeah, they didn't they didn't lock themselves into the you know the idea that they now make fun of the idea of you know one one shot stuns, two shots kills, three shots disintegrates. It's like mm. let's not. Let's not lock ourselves into that. It'll just be a gun that has different settings. Yeah. I'm just imagining, you know, them sitting on a panel and you have Shanksy like that clip that we've played where he's like, yeah, oh, I don't know. Let's just have this Zat gun. Well, one shot stuns and another one kills and another one disintegrates. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in sci-fi. And then they just pan over. And Mamo was there sort of like half sitting on the stool. He goes, Mm. I don't know, bro. I blow holes in people. It's pretty cool like you know, he's, yeah. he's like and they learned from your mistakes and they gave me the best one in the galaxy so suck a dick you know yeah um, and they've done some really cool little um uh adornments to it like when you get a closer look at it they never really give you a good zoom in close shot at it but you might notice the actual um grip like where you would normally see all the guns where it's like a bit of leather wrapped around the the grip or whatever mm. it's actually a wraith hair braid oh wow it's okay. wrapped oh, around yeah. there and then same with like, like a band. I always thought it was a bandage or something. No, it's it's a it's like a wraith lieutenant or a wraith a drone, like one of their little cool. dread sort of braid things that he's got wrapped oh. around there as a grip. And then you see, like in Ronan's hair, he has little adornments in his hair, and 
Apparently some of them are like wraith bones and, and things mm. like that. These kind of adorns himself. Yeah, I with. thought he was just going full Jack Sparrow on us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he predate Jack Sparrow? When was the first um nah, 03. Jack Sparrow film? Ah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Mm. Close, close, but not enough. Just not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like the idea of the different like you guys said the similarities with him and Tilk, but also the differences that like Tilk's a little bit more straight and narrow in the sense that like well uh process rex ronan dex is he's loose he's a loose cannon mm. and that you know sg1 made a little bit more sense because he was on a mission himself you know in a way like it was something that he wanted to do sg1 gave him a path and it was a matter of sort of just like you know hey fall in line with us and we could use you whereas ronan it's almost like you need to pull him out on a leash drop him yeah. into a world with it's full of like rape and just like go go yeah. like cause yeah. chaos like we needed tilk to stay you know on mission and and because he was a he was a soldier he was a he was a loyal dog in that way that you told him what to do and he did it because he was told to whereas mm. ronan it's like mm, i feel like we're not going to be able to um to bring you in line but you know maybe we don't need that maybe we need you to you know and eventually i'm sure they will because he's around until the end i guess um you never know, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, something a good something, contract before that. Yeah. Something Brennan said before has really stuck with me, though. Like he was like You're the welcome. idea of, like, we we talk we talk about how Jack and John, uh, you know, Shepard is kind of just a Jack clone. They are so similar in so many ways. But then Brennan said before about like swapping. It's like, can you imagine if Ronan was on SG One and Teal'c was on Atlantis? Like, I can't. I can't see Jack and Ronan and mm. Shepard and Teal'c having like it just doesn't seem right. As as close as see, those I could see are Shepard to each and other, Teal'c, but definitely not Jack and Ronan. I don't know. I can't. I could see the the way I think about Shepard and um, Teal'c. I feel it'd be almost like Mitchell and Teal'c. Like Teal'c kind of just. At the yeah, moment, at least, true. he kind of just puts up with mm. Mitchell. Like, he tolerates Mitchell. He doesn't revere Mitchell in any way like he like he did with O'Neill. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just... I, and then, then I can't see Tilk putting up with Ronan's shit. Oh, sorry, I can't see O'Neill, yeah, putting up with, with Ronan's yeah, shit. Like, yeah, wouldn't. so it's so funny, given that you got <laughs> two sets. He barely even helped. He, he wouldn't even... Ronan wouldn't even have helped Jack. He's yeah. Like, Help me. He's like, no. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, so given myself. that given that Shepard and and Ronan are, are essentially clones of O'Neill and Teal, yet so very different that you couldn't interchange them. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I was thinking and make it as successful. I was thinking yeah, I agree. beyond the meeting, like you just said, Ronan never would have helped O'Neill in the first place to sort of get him to that stage where he joins the team. But let's say, for the sake of the argument, that he did do that. Once he's back on base. I almost see him as like, well, O'Neill has vouched for him, but then quite clearly Ronan is not a team player and is just a dick and wants to do his own thing. And O'Neill, like to everyone else, O'Neill loves him, but personally O'Neill is just putting up with him because he doesn't want to be proved wrong. Uh, and he has to keep him around. Just be like, <laughs> yeah, this guy, this guy's crazy, man. That's why, that's why I love him. He's so, like, you don't get it. When we're off world, he's like, he's a different guy, right? But uh, on base, he's a, yeah, I know, he's an arsehole. He's beating up people all the time, but like he just doesn't want to. Whereas I think, yeah, the other way around, Shepard might be 
more annoying but less revered, as you said, than O'Neill to Tilk, but Tilk would probably still be like, Yeah, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, you're the boss, I guess. There's um, there's a and this will probably help you moving forward. It is a little bit of a spoiler for you, but it's just a moment to keep an eye out that's really fun that I think will help inform going forward. There's literally a point where someone says something to Ronan and he gets so angry, Shepard turns to him and goes, Easy chewy. Like, <laughs> like literally and i feel like again that's not a moment that i think jack and teal could have yeah because teal is i mean there's only a few times we've seen Tilk really lose his shit mm. and when he loses his shit like even jack gets out of the way like yeah. whereas you know so um yeah it's like when there was that moment that easy chewy moment whenever i can't remember when it is but when that happens it just kind of really informs their friendship and their and their mm. camaraderie that they have mm. um moving forward yeah it's really fun to watch it's not a get and, get episode with the maddie spoiler <laughs> i prefaced it it's fine what? um something worth mentioning too is um new credits in this episode with jason momoa being added to the opening credits obviously mm. um, in his last episode he just had the you know and starring jason momoa whatever it was um but fun fact this episode carson beckett added to yeah. the um opening credits as a oh, main I love character. It. And shoes. he gets he gets I have <laughs> slippers now. Oh my boots, my, my baby turtle boots. Give me the, boots. give me some of those Athosian wee little wee little booties. I Willie <laughs> from Scotland. <laughs> I did notice uh the the names there uh and Carson Beckett does get Dr. Carson Beckett, but yeah. then it comes and says, and David Hewlett as Dr. McKay. There's no Rodney. Uh, he doesn't get his full name, which is interesting oh, considering yeah. he is because a more he main has character. Ascended, mate. But um, I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, after seven seasons, Janet Frazier never got added to the opening credits. She was always just booked as a guest star. It was the only, the opening credits yeah, were she always. She wasn't Daniel Jackson's best friend. <laughs> But it's just interesting because it was, you know, it's, it's the same thing. You've got your core 14, mm. you've got your general slash weir, and you've got your doctor. Your likable doctor, yeah. Yeah, in, mm. in SG1, all of SG1 made it, plus Hammond. They were the five sort of stars of the show, and Janet was only ever a guest star. Yet here we are, episode, you know, 24 of the of the series or whatever, and they've already upped. Mm. They've already, A, they've already gotten rid of one of the main cast members and replaced him, but then they've also upped um beckett to a full cast member so that's a you know why right patriarchy (laughs) he's a male oh i see what you mean it's disgusting it's so gross i don't even find it good (laughs) oh look i mean you know atlantis is still is still beating sg1 they've got they've got two women in the opening credits they've got weir and um and taylor so what's her name you know (laughs) <laughs> I just I was in my mind I didn't know whether I was going to say Rachel or Taylor and I mm. just froze. Don't stuff it up. Don't... Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they are a much more um a broader main cast, aren't they? Like in SG1 you could have Yeah, it's a bigger you, cast. Yeah. You could have them lost on a planet, just the four of them trying to solve, you know, the way home and it would feel like mm. a complete episode. Whereas I think this if you just had the off-world team, you'd be like, "Ah, oh, man, I wonder what I wonder what Beckett's doing, you know? And uh, we haven't yeah. had weird chiming in to say whatever the fuck she's saying. Uh, oh, even even, yeah, even Zelenka. I want to know what Zelenka's swearing in check right now. Like, yeah. it feels like such a bigger main cast. And you do yeah. have your mains in there, but, like, they're very much main secondaries, if you know, well, that makes Bra- sense. Brad Wright has said 
um, many, many times. He said, Weir was only ever intended to be the Hammond. Like, you know how Hammond might have one scene in an episode. He just has like that one mm. briefing room mm. episode. That's speed. Uh, a scene at the start, go, off you go, and you don't see him for the rest of the episode. Whereas um, Brad Wright has, has openly said Weir was his favourite character to write for. So he would just like write her more and more and more scenes. So what she, else is boring, Brad? <laughs> it was just, he just, he just, he was drawn to that character uh, and found her quite interesting. So he was writing more and more to her. So yeah, I think that's, that's true of this series as a whole. Yeah. You definitely, it's, you know, no one's, no one's name is above the titles in this, in this series. Mm, like yeah, I like it. I like the expanded cast better, but yeah. I feel like in the in-universe, they went the next level and made so many people. There's a huge cast mm. and not, a, not enough. Um, yeah. one well, time just, just, a, just another thing they borrowed from Deep Space Nine, which is what this show is. It's, 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 mm. it's Stargate Deep Space That's Nine. Too. So mm. I'm okay with that. That was a force. That, yeah, that felt really forced. I'm sure there was no one or two other anyone who's anyone who's I'm actually seen sure of it. anyone who's actually seen Deep Space Nine will completely get that reference. I'm not mm. going to. This is my galaxy quest. I'll <laughs> die on this hill. I mean, that's fine. It's uh, Holly from Holly from Lonnie, who was like the biggest Next Generation fan her entire life and had never seen DS9, watched it and used to live tweet me, going, "Oh my god, where the f- has this show been my entire life?" Yeah. So. Man. You know, you're just missing out. You just mate. You I'm know. the only one that's watched Star Trek since we started watching. Since we started <laughs> getting to gates. True, true. And was... correct me if I'm wrong here, Maddie, but mm. Doctor Cabman is it Cabman? And we never see her again. Lieutenant Cabman. Lieutenant. Or whatever she is. Um, I think you're right. It was. I did. Uh, well, I mean, that's a spoiler because you know. You've ruined that for Mitch now because he was talking about We've moving. Said that for ten moving, years. Shut up. Moving and forward, we never see you yeah. again. That's we know it's yeah. It was funny when Mitch was talking about that earlier about you know her character progression and seeing her again. I think it's I a spoiler just... if you say she comes back and says "Easy Chewy," then that's a spoiler. <laughs> 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 but to say she never comes back and we never see her again—that's not a spoiler. That's fine because then he can forget about her. Right. I think she might have maybe one scene, but yeah, she doesn't really get. I mean, it's a bit of a shame. Like even I even I found her quite a good character. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't want to, you know, I don't want (sighs) to make a sexist comedy. Like I, I definitely don't want to just relegate her to being like, oh, the love interest for the secondary character doctor. But like. Yeah, I want to see that guy in a relationship. I think that would be interesting to see for him, and then also for her being a part of the military, you know, and making that work of the two of them on this faraway planet in a distant galaxy. So, um, oh my god, yeah. you have stilettos! I, I feel like that <laughs> we haven't combat boots. <laughs> we haven't. No, keep um, them on. Keep them. We got the same size. This is amazing. <laughs> we haven't spoken about it, but um, the redhead. Go on, Karen. Um, What's her name? From the Katie. Down. I like Katie. her. She's Katie, Katie Brown. Oh, sorry, the the, the chick Who, on the date, right? Yeah, the other chick yeah. on the date. She is what Oranga. kind of she, yeah, she, she was kind of what <laughs> Mitch was just saying before. She what? we we do what? see her again. She's but okay. she's kind of relegated to the love interest of a character, and that's kind yeah. of her only her only thing moving forward. Whereas I think Cadman was a more well. Even though you know we only saw a little bit of the both in this episode, 
by the end of it, Cadman feels like the more well-rounded character that mm. you want to get to know more. Yeah, and even though, <laughs> even though she was relegated to that, what was her name? Sorry, the the redhead, Katie, Katie, Katie Brown. Katie. Even though she's relegated to Katie being Brown. oh the 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 woman that is interested in going on a date and is going on a date with Dr. McKay, she I think she was still a little bit underdone in in the scenes that we had with them. actually the, the, the scene where they run into each other and go, Hey, we still on for tomorrow. That was fine. Obviously. Cause that seemed like it was there on a mutual sort of level and whatnot. Maybe she, mm. even she was, you know, a little bit more <laughs> I'm confident about it than him. I have no idea, but come the actual date itself. I don't know. I just felt like she, she was there just to be obsessed with him and just to sort of, you know, fall down at his feet. And then when he didn't reciprocate it, it wasn't like, oh, you're being an asshole. And oh, you're not coming to the party. It was, oh, what have I done wrong? And what what can I do to help you? And what can I do to make you feel better? And then, you know, he's been a dick to her. And all of a sudden he comes up and says some like really, well, at least want to be, but maybe charming lines and then grabs her, throws her down for a kiss. And she just takes it and accepts it and is completely fine with it. I'm like, I think based of what he was doing beforehand, you might not feel like that, except the fact that you were just there to just like absolutely love everything that he does. So that was probably a bit of a shame just for her. Just, I hey, you're just that. You're that character. You're someone, you're a pretty girl for the main boy character to bounce off. So it's a shame. It could that- have been like a, a really good kind of awesome foursome as well with her mm. and Beckett. and Yeah. Yeah, cabman and McKay. a lot of different ranks and jobs and stuff, right? Because what was what yeah. was she? What what role? Um, she's a botanist. Botanist, Kate, of course. Kate yeah, is a botanist. Bot- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She got a botanist, a military, and then you've got like a scientist, and then you've actually got a, a, yeah. a medical doctor. Like, yeah. If um, if you want to see a bit more of Cadman, uh, she's currently in uh, the new TV show, The Time Traveler's Wife. Okay, well, oh, I'm watching that. Which one? Cadman. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I like the movie. All right, is that us? We done? Thanks. So. I hope so. Yep. Okay. Good. Well, uh, episode one ninety seven. That was next week. Uh, Beachhead. Carry the two one hundred and ninety eight. Yeah, you sent an email with some audio that we were going to play, and it just said Beachhead. And I'm like, what did Maddie just yeah. call me? And then I played yeah. it, and it was some Vala audio. And I'm like, is he fucking high? We're I completely forgot. Well, I literally thought, like, I I've blocked the powers that be out of my mind. I thought the last episode we did was Runner. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I thought we were due for another SG one this. No, week. that's fair enough. No. So what, like Beachhead? Um, what does that mean? You'll find out. Okay. What's the episode called next week? It's not <laughs> Beachhead. Beachhead, right? It's Beachhead. It is. The episode is called Beachhead. Yes. It's a military term. You're yes, having a laugh, please. man. You're having an absolute laugh. Anyway, Beachhead. Whatever I, the episode. It always feels week. weird writing it because there's two H's. It's yeah. be- It's not even like you don't they're combine them. It's it's beach and head. With no space, so you're mm. putting two H's next to each other. It just feels wrong. Hey, don't don't knock it until you try it, right? Oh, God, you know? yeah. So, eh? beach. Oh, who doesn't love? I mean, who doesn't love head on the beach? <laughs> Am I right, men? <laughs> uh, I remember seeing a stranger so. getting a beach head during New Year's one year. So, <laughs> and that's how you met my brother, which is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, so, it was a wonderful. I looked story. up and I was like, "Who is that?" Oh, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> I met it when I was giving it. Fantastic. Yeah. Again, just the story's got, it's got so many layers. It just keeps taking turns. And found twists. a random head on the beach. <laughs> figured I'll listen to the ocean. I was uh, at uh, Nobby's, Nobby's head. Nibble Nobby's nuts. I don't know. Where. Can we go? I'm so tired. Zach's okay, let's done. Get into Geek.